Join us as we explore timeless wisdom from around the world, seeking truths that resonate most for each individual. Welcome to Peace on Your Journey podcast. I'm John Lawyer, a former soldier turned spiritual traveler. At Kishar, we celebrate the journey of discovery together, delving into various religious, spiritual, and philosophical traditions. For a deeper dive into spirituality, join our vibrant online community at kishar.org. If you'd like to experience this production with dynamic art and video content, check out our YouTube channel at Peace on Your Journey. The reason for God is Timothy Keller's argument for the existence of God. There's a lot to like in this book. It was recommended to him by a friend that I met on deployment in Afghanistan. But there's a whole lot I didn't agree with. The biggest thing is that this book should be more accurately titled The Reason for a Christian God. I can absolutely get behind discussions for the reason for God, but in my opinion, it's the universal God, the God of many names. And I'm an omnist or universalist, and that means I believe in most spiritual philosophies and religions. And I say, believe what you want, walk your own unique path, but let's sit together, figure it out, ask better questions, see if we can find better answers. A quick note on Christianity, war, and me. I was raised Southern Baptist in a small town in Oklahoma, but I left the church and the religion behind years ago. Uh, my dog tags when I was in the military said I was Christian, and I'm not exactly sure when I stopped being a Christian or even when I stopped believing in God. I think all those years in the desert at war, I forgot about God. I enlisted in the army, September 11th happened, and the whole world fell apart. And I guess I fell into it. War clouds things. There's this immediacy that's always there. It has this great power. It draws you in. It bends time, bends reality around you. And even though I know I'm on a spiritual journey now, and open to universal beliefs. I feel more Christian today than I ever did walking the halls of the First Baptist Church. And in that, I mean that I feel there is very little difference in the teachings of the Buddha and the teachings of Christ. A little over two years ago, I had this intense moment of clarity. One night I was in bed, it was late, my wife was asleep next to me, and I just had this sense of understanding of myself, of people, of the universe, and God. It wasn't magic. It's not like that. It only reinforced my existing belief in love and kindness. And I knew that the divine was in all of us, regardless of faith, regardless of anything. And I think it'll look different to you, maybe. We've all probably seen it, right? Glimpses of the divine in a piece of art, in a sunset, You'll never forget looking at the Milky Way on a really dark night, hearing Pavarotti, seeing a child, looking at an ancient tree. You feel the power of it, the warmth. We know we're all connected, even if we don't understand how. This isn't something that's easy to talk about necessarily. I'm not sure letting your soul be exposed on the internet is ever going to be comfortable. Sharing things brings us into the world together and it opens us up to the universe. There's something to be said about honesty and discussing things that move us and that speak to us. So who is Timothy Keller, this author? I gotta say that he is good at what he does. This is a well-written, well-thought, and well-argued book. 
And he's an interesting figure and his journey is worth reading about as well. He moved to Manhattan, planted a church and grew his congregation to 5,000 members. That's pretty amazing given the location and his adherence to Orthodox Christianity. I'm not big on judgment, but I can still say that he's too conservative for my own taste. I think by conservative, I mean he views the universe and the world through too narrow a lens. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have worthwhile things to say and for us to consider as we read through this. There's varying points of view and they're good for the soul. Christians aren't a monolith and they probably have things to offer philosophical conversation. And I credit Keller for being well-versed in other religions and faiths. It seems he has a particular affinity for Buddhism as a philosophy as I read through this. On some of his points, I really agreed with him. And on others, like I said before, I completely disagreed. And on some others, I could have agreed with him and what he was saying because it made a lot of sense, but I couldn't get past his limiting factor of only a Christian God. So it's like he had all this great stuff that he was saying at times, but then he would say, but this is only within the confines of Christianity. And I couldn't get behind that. As far as the book structure, he leads off with seven chapters and each one deals with a common argument against Christianity that he's heard over the years. It's a pretty interesting format. And these opening seven chapters are strong and they're interesting to read. And after this, he moves on to make arguments for Christianity as the only righteous faith based mainly on the teachings and the writings of the New Testament. I found these chapters to be less highly written than the first seven, and he loses me a lot more in them. But even when I got lost, I would still find solid nuggets of truth that I appreciated in the commentary that Keller writes. He clearly understands God, in my opinion. I think his grip on salvation is solid. He understands the beauty of divinity. He knows love. These are all critical things that make the book worth the squeeze, especially if you can look past his overfocus on Christianity as the supreme and only way. And then there's the literal Bible. Keller lost me in his argument for the literal interpretation and accuracy of the Bible. He takes on scientific biblical scholars head on, and he argues why the gospel must be this factual canon. And his arguments didn't sway me at all. They were okay as far as arguments go, but they didn't move the needle, in my opinion. His argument about timelines is hard to follow when the closest part of the Bible to Jesus living on earth was written at best 25 years after Jesus died. And it was probably even longer than that. And it was much further after the life of Jesus in the case of most of the other Gospels of the New Testament. But even two and a half decades is a long time. You can't even get an eyewitness to agree on what happened 25 minutes after a car wreck, much less what happened with Jesus Christ 25 years after he died or 100 or 200 or 300 years. Keller argues the presence of details in the Bible mean that it's true. And yes, the, the Bible has details in it that match identified history. But I don't think this holds any water because people have known for a long time that if you include details in things, it makes something more legitimate. So just having details in it doesn't make the rest of it 100% fact. I think man's influence on what was or wasn't quote unquote the Bible has been significant. What was and wasn't put in the Bible 
was way less the inspired word of God, and it was way more a deliberate and intentional decision by men. If we look at it, there are so many things that influence what we are told that the Bible is and is not. Emperor Constantine saw Christianity as a political means to an end. The Council of Nicaea saw a couple of hundred men sit around and literally decide what Christianity was and was not. They literally picked what books would and would not go into the Bible. And I don't believe that in any way would have been any type of, of reminiscent of the inspired word of God. Keller goes into some detail to paint Christianity as this altruistic force. He says that it's an altruistic force when compared to other Greco-Roman society. And I think this fell flat for me as well. I'm willing to concede that Christianity has done some great good in the world. But on the other hand, Christianity has had a tremendous amount of historical baggage filled with pain and suffering. That's well documented. I'm not sure any religion wants to drag any of that baggage to the debate table. That gets messy fast given the fallibility of man. And it's worth noting here that Christianity deserves its hits, but we can't simply ignore what other religions have done or made possible. As an example, I love Hinduism. I subscribe to much of its teachings, but I can also concede that the creation and rise of the caste system was one of the most destructive things we've ever seen. And that happened within the confines of Hinduism and on the subcontinent. So we have to look at it all with balance. Religion's an easy thing to blame for the woes of humankind. Yes, religion's been at the forefront of many conflicts throughout history, but it's less religion and the base message of whatever religion is at conflict with one another that causes the war, the pain and the suffering. The key and the common factor in all of these is really human and humankind. If religion had not existed, there would have still been battlegrounds and conflict. So I would say instead of blaming religion for everything, we might instead turn our attention inward and ask how we make the world a better place. How are we making ourselves a better place? That self with a capital S deep inside of us. Before we move on, please subscribe by hitting the watermark in the lower right-hand corner and share this with any friends and family you think might benefit from it. And we'll move on to Keller's grasp beyond Christianity. He clearly is very well-educated and well-versed in Christianity and other theology. And he has studied other religions quite extensively, as you can tell by reading this book. But he does have some gaps in his understanding of other faiths, in my opinion. He makes some claims for the complete uniqueness of Christianity's origin story. Keller simultaneously argues uh, that most origin and creation stories start with warring parties and opposing gods. And sure, that applies to some religions, but I think it completely ignores the origin and creation stories of some indigenous peoples, including Native Americans, some Native American tribes. The Anishinaabe creation story of Sky Woman and Turtle Island is both peaceful and beautiful. It's also not unique in its own right, and you see similar beautiful stories from around the world. Completely disregarding indigenous origin or creation stories strikes me as a very orthodox Christian thing to do. He also challenges the Eastern faiths and their impersonal God. I'm not sure he and I share the same interpretation of this impersonal God in Hinduism as one example. Or, for instance, the Tao is God in some interpretations and like Taoism. 
But beyond that, I'm not convinced at all in the personal nature of the Christian God. Man has over-humanized God over the centuries, and it's been deliberate. In fact, the Gnostics were utterly and completely destroyed in the first couple of centuries after Christ. This was calculated and coordinated by both the church and the empire. And eventually the Catholic Church took great aim at quieting Christian mystics and their movement towards a more universal esoteric God, an impersonal God. And so I think we really have to look at the fact that this impersonal God concept that you have in some of the Eastern faiths might really be closely held by many in Christianity if the mystics of Christian mysticism hadn't been quieted over the centuries. Keller talks about the expansion of Christianity versus other religions. His view is that Christian expansion differs from every other world religion. This is a fairly weak argument, in my opinion. He, he says that Islam remains centered in the Middle East, and I think that's really tenuous given its massive presence in South Asia, Southeast Asia and Indonesia. Yeah, sure, it's centered on Mecca and Saudi Arabia in the, in the Middle East, but it has way more population outside of the Middle East than it does within the Middle East. And that's not to mention its reach across Africa. And I think the expansion of Christianity itself owes much to Emperor Constantine, who again, as we discussed before, used it as a means to an end to greatly expand his power and his reach. And that takes us into dogma and politics, because I don't think we can talk about any religion if we don't talk about dogma and politics. As a child and as a Christian, I saw inauthenticity in too many people. There was too much focus on politics, rules, and dogma. I didn't feel God in the church. I can see that a lot of this was probably on me. I wasn't ready for it or open or prepared to walk a spiritual path. And I think those are shallow words and don't really convey my actual thought. I didn't know where exactly to talk about hell as we kind of had this conversation here. But I think this is as good a place as any. Keller's chapter on hell felt really unnecessary. The Bible, and especially the New Testament, don't really talk about hell. They don't postulate hell in any kind of definitive manner. So hell feels like this human-generated construct of dogma to me, and that it was pushed as this really easy method for the church to control people. Like, do what you're told and you go to heaven, or don't do what you're told and you go to hell. That seems to be a really straightforward way to make sure people do what they're being told to do. Dogma isn't God. Dogma is man getting in God's way, getting in the way of the universe. I also get a little bit confused with Orthodox Christians when they start mixing the New Testament with the Old Testament. Christ's teachings of loving kindness and peace are supposed to completely trump the Old Testament. So why go back to it? It always confuses me. But regardless, I have significant respect for Christians. I'm talking about those authentic Christians who genuinely practice the faith and embrace loving kindness in their heart, in their inner self, in their soul. And Keller went on to talk about Christian morals. He had an argument on morality, and I think it had some compelling points in the chapter. There were some things that I could take away from it and think, oh, that's an interesting discussion. But I don't support his apparent conclusion that religion or God offers the only bedrock on which to construct a morally just society. Morals can be agreed upon and built out of a community who agree on common and shared values. 
I believe we know morality when we see it because we know light from dark. If we are the universe and collective stardust, God is in each of us. We all have some insight, even if we're blind to it, on what morality is and is not. Keller brought up his thoughts on community, and I think he had a really good quote here. He said, ultimate reality is a community of persons who know and love one another. That is what the universe, God, history, and life is all about. I love this quote. It really speaks to how warm a community can be. That we are communal people and we do need one another on some basic spiritual level. For me, it's because we're all the universe. If I am that and you are that, we are that together. And further along the lines of community, he speaks about belief being culturally and historically conditioned to be the truth. And I think we kind of might agree with him here, but probably arrive at much different conclusions than he does. And with that, I have to ask the question, if we taught logic and critical thinking to our children first, and then introduced science, philosophy, religion, and spirituality, where would we see people end up? Religion does often beat itself from the indoctrination of youth. And I actually say that softly and not too harshly, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to condemn anyone, but it's something we could take a step back from and create a more open-minded culture. I think fundamentally, many Christians believe the gospel lies in the book. And I believe that it lies within each of us. Christianity can be a controversial subject in the spiritual community. So what are your thoughts on Christianity? What about this book and Keller's take resonated with you? Let me know in the comments and I will absolutely respond. Let's have a conversation. For a peaceful community where people can share their journeys and be themselves, visit Keyshar.org. And like this video if you'd like us to keep making content just like this. And until next time, I wish you peace on your journey.